Yeah, I think it's just making the proper decision of where you allocate money for marketing and spend. You know, because we do live into a social world. There's Twitter, Facebook, and there's all the social, and there's SEO, and there's all different kinds of ability to get your message. But which one is the proper one to utilize? Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with Rick Burnett. Rick is the CEO of Lane Access out of Costa Mesa, California. And Lane Access has built the freight industry's first shipper-to-carrier direct network, eliminating the need for costly and inefficient freight brokers. This ushers in a new era of trust, transparency, and efficiency in the freight trucking industry. Rick, welcome to My Company Story. Don, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, Rick, can you elaborate a little bit more about what Lane Access does, other than that intro that I just read? In your own words, what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, Lane Access is the industry-first brokerless direct network. So, we allow carriers to come into the network. They send invitations to connect directly to shippers. It also allows shippers to come into the network, query to find smaller independent carriers because 97% of this industry is smaller independent. So you have a million plus trucking companies in the U.S. and there's no ability for these two entities to deal directly with each other. Tell me what happens now. I had a printing company, by the way. So I had a lot of printing products that I had to ship out to my customers. So I would contact UPS or I'd contact a shipping carrier and they'd come and they'd pick it up from my dock and they'd take it over to my customer. That's the way I was doing it back 20 years ago. What does Lane Access solve in that scenario? So in that product that you needed to move, you needed to ensure that the entity that was hauling that product was under your contract. You have different rules for your products. Okay. Okay. And so... In the business rules, you needed to make sure that every trucking company that was going to move that product accepted those terms right. before they moved. Okay. And then you had to ensure that that trucking company had the proper amount of insurance for protection of moving those products. Right. Let's call that the contractual relationship side of this. Okay. So now that that's in place, so now you had product that you needed to move from point A to point B. So you needed to negotiate those rates so that you know exactly and you confirm you're going to get this price for picking this up and delivering it there. Right. So now you have that point. So now he's got that load. He's assigned that load to them. And now he goes to pick it up. So you needed to have visibility of the dock to make sure that, okay, who's supposed to pick up that product actually picked up that product. And then he delivered it to where he was supposed to deliver it. And then he did deliver it there or any of the problems that may have encompassed that movement. Maybe he breaks down, he has an accident, there is traffic information that delays the delivery, you know, all those variances, right, right. of transportation movement. And then ultimately, when he gets to the end, he signs for the delivery, and then that paperwork comes out, and then they have to pay it. So those are the various different steps from A to Z in order for that transportation movement to be encompassed. So There's a lot of steps involved in that then. A lot of steps involved in it. And so if you start to peel that down into, okay, well, now if you're a printing company and let's say you have a hundred locations and you're moving a thousand shipments a day, okay, well, in order for that, maybe you need five, 10 
20,000 different relationships with different trucking companies in order to move that volume in a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis, month-to-month basis. Right. We manage that process to ensure that they're all under contract. Oh, and make sure his insurance, because his insurance renewed the next month. So these level of complexities have really caused the growth, if you will, of managed services. Right. I see what you're saying, because there's an awful lot of details involved in just one transaction. You multiply that by 20 or 2,000 or 20,000, and it gets to be overwhelming. And so is that what Lane Access was created for, is to manage all of those intricacies? Yes, from A to Z. So what we built is we built a system, and this has been over the years, and and, we're a six-year-old software company. So getting to this, it's been ultimately what our goal has been from day one, and it's been my goal from over a decade. Got it. And and it's the basis of what we filed from an intellectual property standpoint, and we have some patents around shipper carrier interaction optimization platform. So that's by definition of what the patents are, but it's been that chicken and the egg. How do you get that mission accomplished? Because you do have a three-legged stool in order for that to be built. And then from a principle of what you're addressing makes sense, right? Well, then how do you get technology behind and how do you actually build it? So now that the technology is current into the marketplace, and I can go in that a little bit later if, if needed, but from the capability now of being able to build a network, how do you actually get over that chicken in the egg? Right, right. exactly. Who do you go to first? You go to shippers and go, oh, I have this. And then they go, well, how many trucking companies do you have? And how do I, and then you go to trucking companies, well, how many shippers? Because in today's world, the transportation trucking companies look at load boards because they're always doing stuff in a reactive way. I need a load today or I need a load tomorrow. And right. So, and so what we're trying to train the industry to do is we built the network data sets of attributes. And so now come into lane access and start building your relationships so that you're building multiple different relationships contractually through the network to where every, we have all 1.6 million trucking companies in our database. They're not all active, but they're in there. Their attributes are in there so that shippers can go in and connect with hundreds of thousands of carriers contractually. So once they send an invitation to the network and they connect, the carrier accepts that shipper contract because he uploads his individual contract. Right. But Rick, you hit on very interesting. I'd like to talk about a little bit. And that's that how do you start from a startup company six years ago to all of a sudden having all of the shippers in there and then having all the customers in there? You need to really have a robust database ready to go for any customers to come in. And so where do you start? Do you start with the shippers? Do you start with the customers? Do you start with the truck? I mean, that three-legged stool, it seems like you have to build that until it gets to a certain scale. You don't really have a company going on yet. Or how did you solve that? Yeah, so I guess it's kind of like the medical field, right? I mean, there's research and development to find the proper medicine that cures this ailment, right? And this is an ailment. And what kind of ailment are we talking about? Well, we're talking about $200 billion of managed fees cost in the U.S., okay? And so how do you solve this this problem? We all know, everybody knows the issue that's out there, right? And ultimately, what are we talking about? Well, we're trying to make the most efficient process of a transportation movement, which is moving product from point A to point B. Right. And who's involved in it is a shipper that has product needs to move and a trucking company is going to go move it. Right. And a driver that's going to go move it. 
And but again, so, how did you get your hands around getting up to scale quickly enough to have a viable, profitable business going on now after six years? I mean, first you have to do all of this work downstream to set everything up. And then what's the next step? Is it to attract customers then? Or once you get that, or what did you do? Yeah. So look, we're still growing. We're not there yet. I don't want to overstate what we're doing. Okay. But what we do have is we did build the database of attributes. We have all 1.6 million trucking companies. They're not all active. So that's our job. Now we become a sales and marketing company. Okay. The industry know that, hey, look, there's an ability for you to go direct. You're hauling the freight today. You're just not contractually able to go direct. You can't. Right. And so what you're doing today is to go to those people who have a product to ship and you're going to them saying, look, go onto our platform and try us out. And you're building your company that way. That's what I hear you saying? Yeah. So right now we're at what I would call the tier phase of growth, right? So the network's growing as we speak. So we have hundreds of carriers that we're adding every week and we have carriers that are adding their drivers and we have a mobile app called Freight Vision that tracks the loads in real time and so forth and so on. We have literally thousands of invites going every week of carriers looking to connect directly to shippers. Now, these shippers, when they get this invitation via email or phone call, never heard of lane access. Right. And so that's our job of sending them a video and let them know what lane access will do and all the value of it. But ultimately, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about efficiency inside the network and providing visibility. So ultimately, what lane access is looking to do is reduce the million trucks that are moving empty every day. Oh yeah. Visibility. And so contractually there are shippers that have great relationship with carriers. We're not looking to interrupt that, right? We know that there are relationships that precede any technology that should maintain, but we also know that there is a percentage of the network freight that, for an example, goes out to various different load boards. It's posted by brokers in the neighborhood of, you know, 850 to 900,000 loads a day. Right. Okay. And so what are those? Well, those are looking for capacity. Those are looking for trucking companies that are willing to move and the trucking companies are calling those. Loads. So what we're saying is, is that build your network visibility, contractually build those relationships and through a system. So that when your volume spikes because of the weather dips and and you need 200 loads and you need capacity, you can go to the network and go direct and immediately solve those problems. I see. The problem you're solving really, it sounds like, is that there's a lot of empty, half-empty trucks moving around this country. Why not fill them with product that needs to get there? Make it much more efficient. Fewer trucks on the road. Every truck that's out there is a full capacity. And it's done so by meeting up people that need to ship something and people who have capacity to take it away. Correct. And so we just lived through an example, right? A use case, right? Which was a pandemic. And when it hit in March, the shelves dried up, or let's say toilet paper. There was other products, but let's just pick on that one because that was the most common one. So the products were actually there in different warehouses and distributions. There wasn't visibility into carriers of available capacity could move them to them areas quickly and then get the shelves restocked. Right, right. And then the market finally caught up with that and they were all restocked and we were all in good shape afterwards, but there was a glitch in that at that time. Let's shift a little bit now and talk about some of the challenges that you have faced as a CEO of Lane Access. I think we spoke a little bit about the challenge of why the company was created, but your decision-making process and some of the things that may have come across your desk that you've had to solve recently, 
what comes to mind and what is a challenge that you've had that you've had to overcome? And then how did you overcome that? And everything that we do when a challenge arises, which are always going to come, you don't know what you don't know. And when they come up, what we do is we analyze the problem and then we put a process behind it. And then to make sure that that problem is duplicated to be solved going forward. So for an example, when the invitations were going out from the carriers, they were kind of a little bit in the dark that, hey, look, I sent, you know, 10 invitations to shippers and I haven't heard anything back. So we put together a process and built a receipt so that it automatically generates a receipt back to the carrier every night on the number that he sends and the confirmations of. So we put processes in place to make sure that everything that, and we created an FAQ on our site. So we solve problems by making sure that that problem doesn't mount into an ongoing issue. We put a process behind it to solve it. I see. So when you we try something, you do something in your company, like everyone does, and then you find out what works, what doesn't work. You see there's a problem with it. For example, the email is not getting returned. So you put in a automatic email update on that, or you put FAQ portion of your site so people can get those answers. And that's a continual process of, of, of experimenting, learning, solving, and keeping going like that. Right. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to create a manual process behind solving problems. We want to create an automated way easy for the customer so they don't have a bad experience, right. but there is, we're not duplicating and not solving the problem for an ongoing position where there's a phone call to answer the question. For us, right? right. You need to we take to create the a video in a problem within our network that he can immediately get the problem solved. Himself. Right. Solve it because you have to consider the scale of it also. So you can't solve one problem and keep having the same one over and over and again. Yeah. It's, what are some other challenges, Rick, that may come to mind as a CEO or as you're running your company every day? Anything else that's come to mind? Any other challenges that you've had to face? Yeah, I think it's just making the proper decision of where you allocate money for marketing and spend. You know, mm -hmm. because we do live into a social world. There's Twitter, Facebook, and there's all the social, and there's SEO, and there's all different kinds of ability to get your message out. But which one is the proper one to utilize? And so knowing your market and where your market actually spends their time is ensuring that you're allocating your dollars in the proper area so that you're not just lumping social media. You start to granularly break down your audience to the social media platform that is going to be effective for you. And then ultimately, where do you spend your dollars for growth in order to capture your particular market. So Rick, how do you do that in your company, for example? Do you have a chief marketing officer that is in charge of that, who knows that industry, or do you outsource that to, to another agency that does that? Or how did you make the decision about how you grow your company using those tools? Well, what we did was we kind of looked at the transportation and where is the target audience of volume, right? And then we partnered with a, an organization called American Owner Operators, right? And so with that organization, we actually get a key industry ear to the ground, if you will, knowing what is the particular, our audience and where do they invest, you know, so radio is not normally in certain areas, but it's good in ours because these guys drive 11 hours in a 24 hour period They're, you know, and so I would say my advice to somebody would be get strategic partners that are in your industry to help because they will help 
provide you information that's valuable to you so that you can invest your resources in the particular areas that they know your audience is at. That's great advice, Rick. Yep, you're right. I mean, get strategic alliances going with people and it's to everyone's advantage then for it to be successful. Right, and we're building them. Like, you know, so we're adding three other ones at the first of the year of major organizations that we're partnering with that'll help. And that's the momentum. Yep. So once you do one, you learn from it, make a little bit of additional you know, value statements to it to where it's beneficial. And then, and then ultimately that's for us, how we're going to spend our resources is into a very specific targeted that we know we're going to get results on because it's already shown. That's great. That's fantastic. Rick, as we wind down here, are there any other pieces of advice that you feel like you'd like to pass along to other business owners, people running companies your size that are trying to make it through today and make the right decisions? I mean, what would you like to pass along to anybody else listening? I would say just believe within yourself. You had this vision and you had this, what you were trying to really get to market and you're going to face challenges we have over the six year period. And ultimately it's kind of like, don't let somebody steal your joy. So you have to continue fighting that battle because you're going to come across those challenges in your journey. And ultimately you have to believe in yourself to make it to where you're ultimately going to take it. Cause you know, challenges are going to come that way. And they're actually good because what I've learned over the years is Challenges have forced me to press in. And what I mean by that is really analyze what we're doing. And ultimately, the number one thing that really matters is your revenue to market, because that's ultimately what everybody asks, right? And so pressing in on your solution to where you actually get there, quite frankly, we have a very challenging press in to get to that point because we're actually building it in a transportation agnostic direct system. It can be flatbed, reefer, drive-in, and it's an $800 billion marketplace, right? So ultimately it's forced us to be very tactical into our position of our offering and our solution and really drill into a very easy way to do what we're doing. And ultimately, you know, that's what I would say to another entrepreneur is press in your solution. That's great advice, Rick. And I think we'll end it on that because it's a great note to end it on, to continue on and stay optimistic. The glass is half full. As we right. talk. Let's, let's make sure it stays that way. All right. All right. Great talking to you, Rick. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.